Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where the past comes alive with facts, anecdotes, and a dash of humor. Here are your hosts, Chuck and Marco. Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where history comes alive with a touch of humor and a dash of insight. I'm Chuck. And I'm Marco. Today, we're delving into the incredible story of the Battle of Izandwana, a pivotal moment in the Anglo-Zulu War. That's right, Marco. But before we dive in, a quick shout out to our listeners. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoy our show, please rate, subscribe, and share. A five-star review helps us reach more people and grow. Also, we've got some cool merchandise now. Check out the link in the show notes. And as a thank you to our listeners, we're offering a 10% discount on your first purchase. Just use the code the History AI Podcast, all one word, at checkout. Let's set the stage. It's the late 1870s, and the world is a vastly different place. The sun never sets on the British Empire, controlling vast territories across every continent. Exactly, Chuck. In Europe, the Industrial Revolution is in full swing, transforming societies with steam engines, railways, and telegraphs. But it's not just about machines, it's an era of political and social upheaval, with the ideas of Darwin and Marx challenging old beliefs. Across the ocean, the United States is healing from its civil war, and Japan is undergoing the Meiji Restoration, rapidly modernizing and joining the ranks of global powers. Meanwhile, in Africa, dubbed this dark continent by Europeans, it's a time of intense colonial interest. The Berlin Conference is on the horizon, where European powers will scramble for African territories without regard for indigenous populations. And in the midst of this, we find the British Empire eyeing the rich resources and strategic importance of South Africa. The discovery of diamonds and gold has only intensified their interests. The Zulu Kingdom, under King Sethweo, is a powerful regional force in South Africa. Known for their military prowess, the Zulus are fiercely independent and have successfully maintained their sovereignty against external threats. But tensions are rising. The British, under Sir Barrel Frere, seek to extend their influence and control. They view the independent Zulu kingdom as a threat to their colonial ambitions. So, in December 1878, the British, with their typical colonial audacity, deliver an ultimatum to the Zulu king. The demands are deliberately impossible to meet, including disbanding the Zulu army and accepting a British resident in Zululand. It's a classic case of gunboat diplomacy, Marco. The British are confident in their military superiority and technological advancements. Little do they know, they're on the brink of a confrontation that will shake the foundations of their empire. And that's the backdrop to the Battle of Izandwana. A clash not just of armies, but of cultures, strategies, and an entire world in flux. So, buckle up listeners, as we dive into this pivotal moment in history, let's zoom in on the events leading up to Isamoana. The British Empire, under High Commissioner Sir Bartle Frere, had its eyes set on South Africa for its rich resources and strategic position. Right Chuck. Frere was appointed with a clear mission, to bring the various independent states, including the Zulu Kingdom, under British control. He believed that a unified South Africa under British rule was essential for the empire's interests. In pursuit of this, Frere concocts a pretext for war. He capitalizes on border disputes between the Zulus and the British settlers in Natal, painting the Zulu King Setshweo as a threat to peace in the region. And let's not forget, the British military is riding high on recent successes. 
they've got the Martina Henry rifle, a breech-loading weapon, and they believe their advanced technology and disciplined troops can easily handle any a native's resistance. But there's more to the Zulu kingdom than meets the eye. Under King Setshweo, the Zulus have a formidable military organization. Their warriors, though mainly equipped with traditional weapons like the Asagai spear and cowhide shields, are well-trained, disciplined, and fearless. Seth Weo, aware of the looming threat, tries to avoid war. He even sends a delegation to London to plead his case, but it's in vain. The British government backs Frere's aggressive policy. So, when Frere issues the ultimatum to the Zulu king in December 1878, with demands that were impossible to fulfill, it's a clear path to war. The demands included disbanding the Zulu army and accepting British authority, something Setshweo couldn't accept without losing his kingdom's sovereignty. And the deadline passes without Zulu compliance. The British, interpreting this as defiance, mobilized their forces under Lieutenant General Lord Chelmsford. They're confident, expecting a quick campaign to subdue the Zulus. Little did they know Marco, that they were walking into a conflict that would challenge their notions of military superiority and shake the very foundation of the British presence in South Africa. So, as Lord Chelmsford leads his troops into Zululand in January 1879, both sides are on a collision course that will lead to one of the most remarkable battles in military history, the Battle of Isandwana. Alright, let's dive into the heart of the storm, the Battle of Isandwana itself. It's January 22nd. 1879. Lord Chelmsford's forces are camped near the Azanwana Hill, a seemingly innocuous location, but pivotal for what's about to unfold. The British camp is not fortified, a critical mistake. Chelmsford, underestimating the Zulu threat, splits his forces, taking the majority to pursue what he believes is the main Zulu army. Meanwhile, about 20,000 Zulu warriors, divided into four main regiments or Amabutho, are readying for an attack. They're using their traditional horns of the buffalo tactic, the head to engage the enemy head-on, the horns to encircle and outflank, and the loins as reserves. Early in the morning, a portion of the British force spots the Zulus. But there's a misjudgment in scale. The British think they're facing a small raiding party, not the main Zulu army. Exactly. And as the British engage, the full extent of the Zulu force becomes horrifyingly clear. Thousands of warriors, previously concealed by the terrain, surge forward in a massive wave. The British firing line, a classic formation designed to maximize rifle fire, initially holds the Zulus at bay. But there's a problem, the Martini Henry rifles. They're prone to overheating and jamming after sustained firing. And that's just the start Marco. The Zulu warriors, adept at close-quarter combat, start to breach the thin red line. The British troops, trained for discipline volley fire, struggle in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Meanwhile, the Zulu horns move. They're outflanking the British, attacking the exposed sides and rear of the camp. The British are caught in a pincer movement. It's chaos Marco. The British camp, with its wagons, supplies, and makeshift hospital, turns into a frenzied battleground. Soldiers and camp followers alike are caught up in the melee. In the midst of this, there are acts of incredible bravery. Lieutenant Tinmouth Melville attempts to save the Queen's colour of the regiment, an act that would later be recognised with a posthumous Victoria Cross. But the Zulu pressure is relentless. The British lines collapse under the weight of the assault. Some units, like the 24th Regiment of Foot, fight to the last man, while others attempt to flee. 
the British retreat turns into a rout. Zulu warriors pursue them, and the slaughter continues for miles. By late afternoon, it's all over. Isalwana is a catastrophic defeat for the British. Over 1,300 British and colonial troops are killed, and the Zulu losses are also significant, though exact figures are debated. This battle shatters the myth of European invincibility, and marks one of the British Army's worst defeats at the hands of a technologically inferior foe. And so Marco, the Battle of Isalwana becomes a legend, a tale of underestimation, valor, and a dramatic clash of cultures and military tactics. In the midst of the chaos and carnage of Isalwana, there are numerous stories of incredible bravery and heroism, from both the British and the Zulu sides. Let's delve into some of these tales. Absolutely Chuck. Let's start with Lieutenant Tinmouth Melville. Amidst the British retreat, Melville grabs the Queen's colour of the 24th Regiment and attempts to save this vital symbol of the regiment's honour. He and another officer, Lieutenant Coghill, ride for the Buffalo River. The scene is dramatic. Melville, on horseback, clutching the colour, with Zulu warriors in pursuit. He reaches the river, but the current is strong. Despite their desperate efforts, both Melville and Coghill are swept away and killed. The color is lost, only to be found days later, a poignant symbol of valor and sacrifice. Then there's Private Frederick Hitch. Assigned to defend the camp's makeshift hospital, Hitch fights valiantly despite being severely wounded. Along with a handful of soldiers, including James Langley Dalton, they hold off the Zulu attackers, allowing several patients to escape. Dalton's role is crucial too. He organizes a defense, barricading the hospital and distributing ammunition. His leadership and bravery are key in the face of overwhelming odds. On the Zulu side, there's Enching Weo Kaemahol Koza, one of the main commanders. He masterfully orchestrates the Zulu attack, utilizing the famed de horns of the Buffalo's tactic to encircle the British troops. His leadership is a testament to the skill and bravery of the Zulu warriors. And let's not forget about the ordinary Zulu warriors. Facing a well-armed enemy, they charge with just spears and shields. Their courage is remarkable, a true David versus Goliath scenario. Exactly, Chuck. These stories highlight the human aspect of the battle. Behind the strategy and numbers, there were individuals, each with their own stories of bravery and sacrifice. And these acts of heroism, on both sides, resonate through history, reminding us of the personal cost of such conflicts. The aftermath of the Battle of Isalwana was devastating, particularly for the British. Official records state that the British Army suffered over 1,300 fatalities. This number included not just the soldiers but also camp followers and natal native contingent personnel. The casualty figures for the Zulus are harder to ascertain, Chuck. Estimates vary widely, but it's believed that they suffered between 1,000 and 2,500 casualties. Despite their victory, the loss was significant, particularly considering the close-quarter nature of the combat. The psychological impact on the British was profound. This wasn't just a defeat, it was a massacre. The British public, who had been assured of a swift and decisive victory, were shocked. The news hit London like a tidal wave, shaking the very foundations of the British military establishment. And let's talk about the political repercussions. The defeat at Izandwana led to a significant escalation of the Anglo-Zulu War. The British government, eager to restore its prestige, poured more troops and resources into the conflict. Exactly Marco. 
it also led to a change in British military tactics. The overconfidence in their technological superiority and the underestimation of indigenous forces were severely questioned. The British Army started reassessing its strategies, especially in colonial warfare. On the Zulu side, Izandwana was a moment of triumph, a testament to their courage and military skill. However, it was a Pyrrhic victory. The heavy losses weakened the Zulu army significantly, and they couldn't capitalize on their success due to their own casualties and lack of modern weaponry. And we can't overlook the broader impact on the Zulu kingdom. The subsequent British victories in the war led to the dismantling of the Zulu kingdom's power structure, altering the course of South African history. In a wider context, Izandwana had a lasting impact on colonial policies and perceptions. It challenged the myth of European invincibility and highlighted the complexities and brutal realities of colonial conquest. This battle, though often overshadowed by later British victories, remains a significant and sobering chapter in military history, symbolizing resistance against colonial aggression and the tragic cost of empire building. The Battle of Izanwana had a profound and enduring impact, both in the immediate aftermath and in the historical narrative of colonialism. Absolutely, Chuck. In the immediate sense, the defeat at Izandwana stunned the British Empire. It forced a re-evaluation of military tactics and strategies, especially in colonial contexts. The British military had to acknowledge the effectiveness of indigenous warfare tactics, and the need for better preparation and respect for their adversaries. It also escalated the Anglo-Zulu War. The British, desperate to avenge their defeat and restore their damaged prestige, intensified their military campaign against the Zulu Kingdom. This led to the eventual defeat and dismantling of the Zulu power structure, marking the end of the independent Zulu nation. On a broader scale, Izandwana had a significant impact on the British Empire's approach to colonial expansion. It became a cautionary tale about underestimating local resistance and over-relying on technological superiority. The battle exposed vulnerabilities in the British colonial system and prompted changes in military tactics and policies in other parts of the empire. Culturally, the battle left a lasting legacy in both Britain and South Africa. In Britain, it became a symbol of heroic failure, with stories of individual bravery and sacrifice overshadowing the overall defeat. It also fed into a narrative of redemption, with the subsequent British victories in the war portrayed as overcoming adversity. In South Africa, and particularly among the Zulu people, Izandwana became a symbol of resistance and pride. The battle demonstrated the courage and military skill of the Zulus and remains a key part of Zulu cultural heritage. It's a reminder of their resistance against colonial encroachment and the high cost of defending their sovereignty. Izanwana also had an impact on the wider world's view of colonialism. The battle challenged the prevailing European attitude of racial and military superiority. It showed that indigenous forces, when well-led and fighting for their homeland, could defeat a technologically superior European army. The battle continues to be studied in military academies around the world for its lessons on leadership, tactics, and the importance of understanding one's enemy. It's a powerful example of how overconfidence and a lack of cultural understanding can lead to disaster in military campaigns. So Marco, the echoes of Izanwana resonate far beyond the immediate military and political consequences. They touch on themes of imperialism, cultural confrontation, and the human cost of war. It's a battle that, more than a century later, still has the power to teach and remind us of the complex tapestry of our shared history. Chuck, imagine being a British soldier, 
thinking your day's biggest problem would be the heat, and then seeing 20,000 Zulu warriors on the horizon. Marco, I'd rather not. I get nervous when more than five people show up at my barbecue. As we close this episode, let's remember the Battle of Izandwana for its bravery, its tragedy, and its impact on history. Thank you to our listeners for joining us on this journey. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And hey, let us know your thoughts or suggest topics through our social media. Looking for some stylish history-themed gear? Check out our merchandise. Until next time, this is Chuck and Marco from the History AI Podcast, signing off. Keep exploring history, folks. Step into the thrilling world of sports betting with The Starting Line, an introduction to sports betting. Whether you're a beginner or simply curious, this comprehensive guide takes you from the basics to the advanced. Learn to decode odds, develop winning strategies, and bet responsibly. Get your copy now and transform every game into an adventure. The Starting Line is your first step towards mastering the art of sports betting. Available on Amazon.